0: School safety is still at the forefront, a $1 million drug bust in Cumberland County, and a jail beating may lead to a lawsuit. Those stories and more on Episode 7 of Crime Time on FayObserver.com. Featuring Fabled Observer police and crime reporter Nancy McCleary, I'm Sonny Jones. On the podcast, we'll look at issues involving crime, courts, and public safety, highlighting stories in the news, and a reminder anyone we discuss who has been charged with a crime is presumed innocent until found guilty in a court of law. Let's get started. You know, school safety continued to be front and center in the news during the week. Students in Cumberland County and across the nation briefly walked out of class Wednesday, March 14th, to remember the 17 people who were killed in a school shooting in Florida on February 14th, and to demonstrate for tougher gun laws. Meanwhile, at least two incidents in the Cape Fear region caused school safety concerns. A former Greys Creek High School student is accused of bringing a handgun on the campus, and Triton High School in Harnett County, those students were evacuated after a bomb threat was reported. Nancy, let's start with the Grays Creek incident. Give us the particulars on that case.
1: This happened about three o'clock in the afternoon after someone reported a person with a gun in the parking lot at Grays Creek High School. Um, The deputies went down to look and they were going through the parking lot and they saw a car with an empty holster laying up on the dashboard. And so they asked the two people in the vehicle to step out and they searched the vehicle and they found the handgun on the floorboard of the back seat Um, it was a 10 millimeter semi-automatic handgun the driver Brandon Lee Williams age 19 was charged with possession of a weapon on school grounds which is in fact a felony he was at the school. he He was a former student. He was at the school. He told uh, the deputies to pick up his sister. Um, he appeared today um, for his first appearance in court, um, and which I didn't didn't get to go to, but um, his parents were there with him, I understand. Um, and hopefully this, you know, hopefully a lesson learned.
0: Well, and, and it wasn't anything—he had nothing in mind as no, far as no, the, uh, anyone no, no. knows to, to do anything. He, he's to,
1: he's not—he has no kind of prior trouble with okay. the law.
0: All right. On the other incident, students at Triton High School were evacuated, as we mentioned, on Thursday after a note was found that indicated an explosive device on campus would explode. Anything come of that threat, Nancy?
1: Not to my knowledge, Um but they did find a note in a bathroom about 9.20 in the morning. Um, I believe it was yesterday. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. Um, the note just basically indicated that there would be a shooting of some sort, I believe was, is what it said, or an explosive device on campus um, that would explode at 1.30 p.m. <clears throat> that same day. Um. A student found the note and did what the student should have done, turned it into an administrator who then did exactly what an administrator should do, <laughs> would be to contact a school resource officer. Um, they evacuated the students to a nearby um, primary school, and the Irwin Police, Irwin Fire Department, um, the Harnett County Sheriff's Office, all of these people. Agencies responded, but what I found extremely interesting was that they brought in explosive detection dogs um, from agencies as far away as NC State University. They brought them in from Fort Bragg, from the Cumberland County Sheriff's Office, and the Raleigh Police Department. And I think I saw the Wake uh, Wake County Sheriff's Office also um, to help them... Search the campus and the building for any kind of explosive devices of course none was found
0: and and, and that's good by the way triton which is located in irwin has an enrollment of about 1300 students you know nancy school threats seem to be a weekly segment here on Crime Time, unfortunately. In your contact with law enforcement over the last few weeks or a month or so, do you get a sense there really are more threats these days or are students taking possible threats more seriously and reporting them? Are law enforcement and the school system make more of an effort to get the word out to the public, kind of all of the above? I mean, there seems to be at least in the public information, the media part of it, a lot more incidences. Is everybody taking it more serious now?
1: Interesting that you should discuss that or ask me that question. Um, I was listening to an interview that a um, another uh, a television media person was doing with Lieutenant Sean Swain from the Cumberland County Sheriff's Office this afternoon. They um, were doing it in front of the magistrate's office, the detention center outside, and they were discussing this very thing. And Lieutenant Swain said that they have seen some increase, but they can't afford to take any of them. At face value anymore, they have to assume the worst. And he said that Sheriff Ennis Wright is just not going to have something similar to what happened in Florida on his conscience. And so they're having to um, they're having to take a little extra steps. I know he said they were um, putting more school resource officers at the high schools in the morning when students are coming in and then cutting back on them later in the afternoon but they just can't they just it's um they just can't assume nothing will happen yeah well that's
0: true and 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 the the one you have to take every situation seriously the one time you don't that may be the time
1: exactly and
0: and it's going to be one of those things you, you go out there 99 times and nothing happens and you think, you know, why do we keep coming out here? But that 100th time, uh, that may be, it is unfortunate. This is what it's turned into.
1: It has. And another another thing that um, I think might be worth noting is a lot of times in these situations, when they get publicized, students right. are teenagers. and Copycats. Yes, indeed, they will. They will do exactly that.
0: Yeah, well, and, but if, if it turns out that more and more Are getting arrested charged with felonies hopefully uh, that that should uh, tone it down right there (laughs) it's one thing to uh, and I use the word joke uh, in quote marks it's one thing to kind of joke or say something off the side but if it results in you being charged with a felony uh, I think uh, a a lot of that will change and let's hope so and let's pray nothing ever happens here or anywhere else in the world Our next story involves another large drug bust in Cumberland County. You remember, Nancy, last week we discussed an arrest where 275 pounds of marijuana was found in a home, and we were just amazed at that figure. Well, we've got that top this week. A Fayetteville man was arrested Monday, March 12th, after police and federal agents found more than 500 pounds of marijuana and two pounds of cocaine in his home. The estimated street value, guess what? $1. Point three million dollars—an unbelievable amount. Nancy, got to fill us in on this one.
1: Um. Well, first, I'd just like to say that's an awful lot of that pot is, that is. <laughs> and a lot of cocaine. I'm told. Yeah. Wow. Well. Um. But this this man, this gentleman, Bernard Ferguson the third, um, who lives on Milford Road, was charged Monday. He was arrested by Fayetteville police in. Um, federal agents that I think were from the um, alcohol the ATF yeah, Bureau of so, Alcohol, yes. Tobacco and Firearms and Explosives um, but they um, they executed a search warrant at Mr. Ferguson's home off of Yadkin Road on Monday um, and they found that pot the pot, <laughs> that pot, that much pot, they found that, five, that. Five, yeah, that's it yeah that's mind-boggling um they found two pounds of cocaine which people have told me that's an awful lot of cocaine so um and they also their word on that uh, yes something not in my no um but they did also find six stolen guns um and this is something we may touch on in the future but people wonder sometimes where Young people are getting these guns right there, There stolen guns. Yeah,
0: that's something that that
1: would make an interesting
0: topic. It is hard to believe. The 275 pounds last week, I thought, wow.
1: That's 775 pounds of (laughs) pot found in Fayetteville in two weeks. Off the
0: streets. Yep. But
1: uh, I'm sure, uh, unfortunately, it'll be
0: replaced quickly. You know, an update segment. Last week, we featured the story about two men being charged in a robbery attempt in the parking lot. Outside of an Owen Drive hotel on March the eighth, both men were shot by the intended victim Nancy. It seems more charges have been filed against the two men. It seems the parking lot hotel robbery gone bad was was not their first uh, alleged crime. Let's hear about that.
1: Well, two of the men, Christopher Sean Grubbs and Malik Akeem Jean Newsom. Um, Mr. Grubbs and Mr. Newsom are were charged Wednesday with three counts each of breaking and entering a motor vehicle, two counts each of larceny and possessing stolen property. I forgot the other three. It's conspiracy, three counts there of conspiracy. Um, the two of larceny and possessing stolen property, and one count each of misdemeanor larceny and misde- misdemeanor possession of stolen property. Um. These incidents occurred the same day as the shooting occurred on March the 8th. I don't know at what point of, of the day that this occurred, nor do I have I been able to find out if it was actually in the same parking lot at the um, Extended Stay Hotel there on Owen Drive. Um, but they broke into two vehicles at some point and stole property, from both vehicles totaling $6,950. And amongst the property that was taken was an industrial cutting machine, a plasma cutter is what it was, um, a bowling ball bag complete with the bowling ball, and a bag of golf clubs with the golf clubs, and power tools, a designer handbag, electronics, and cosmetics. I hope the cosmetics were nice. I hope the designer handbag was yeah. very cute. Um, but, but the bail for these charges uh, was 42500 for Newsom and 14500 for Grubbs. Now, in the shooting incident, Mr. Grubbs was the driver, um, allegedly, who drove away um, in the, from the parking lot when he heard the shots. And um, Mr. Um, Newsom is allegedly one of those who had a weapon and was at the car. Now, warrants have been issued for the third man involved in that robbery, Antoine Cavon Lawrence, but he is still hospitalized um, having been shot in the head. Um, I believe he remains at UNC Hospitals in Chapel Hill and uh is is still in serious condition
0: have have you heard anything that the intended victim in the uh parking lot shooting uh i'm well i, sh- I shouldn't phrase it like that i guess i'm wh- have you heard of any charges against him or I, was it just uh i have uh, not heard for of anything him and it was uh, ruled self defense
1: i don't know it, i don't think anything has been um officially uh, you're between. right correct
0: Okay, we'll try to update that as, as that goes along. Let's move along to our next story. begins with an argument at a business in the Sycamore Square Shopping Center on Bragg Boulevard. It ends with a man being shot and another charged with intent to kill. What's the inside scoop on this one? How does an argument turn into that?
1: Well, this, um, this happened uh, Wednesday afternoon at the Ace Cash Express. Uh, business in the Sycamore Square Shopping Center on Bragg Boulevard. Apparently, Neolando Maxwell Gordon, um, who's 34 of Trade Winds Drive in Fayetteville, um, went into the business. Uh, according to the arrest documents, went into the business and was going to wire, I guess. Um, $350 to Jamaica. I believe he has family um, there. Uh, he filled out the paperwork and gave it to an employee there. But according to what he told the officers, he believed that this this woman was giving him a hard time. So he raised his voice and told her to go ahead and send the money to the person who was on the paperwork at this point a young man named Sean and I hope I'm not mispronu- Keone is. Keone is, um, age 23 of Hope Mills who apparently was in the business and I am not sure uh, if he was a, an employer if he was um, a customer but apparently he, he got he went up to Mr. Gordon and just told him to back off um, you know just mm-hmm. don't be treating her like that um and he canonis supposedly allegedly began punching gordon in the face i had a message from mr kinonis canona's father who said uh his son did not throw the first punch so we'll let the courts decide right. that at any rate the two of them um engaged in a fisticuffs so to speak and they began, the word, I love this word, tussling. 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 Um, but uh, allegedly, Mr. Gordon pushed Mr. Canone, Canones, I can't say that, sorry, um, away from him. And he pulled out a gun and shot him. And Mr. kinonas ran out the front door of the business and collapsed in the parking lot. And bear in mind, this was about 3 45 pm wow. broad daylight um but it, it, mr gordon went back inside the business um and he called 911 and waited for the police to arrive and a witness who was in the parking lot at the time um, gave a similar account um, of what she could see into the building but mr quinones was taken to cape fear valley medical center and was being treated for a collapsed lung. The, a bullet went in the right side of his chest, hit a lung, and kept going out the back. Mm. But he was in fair condition Wednesday night. And if his father happens to hear this, I got your message. I appreciate it. And we will let the courts, it'll all shake out there. Good enough. Good enough.
0: Let's talk cold case. Seems like we have one of these every week. A Fayetteville man awaiting trial on sexual assault from 2016 was charged Tuesday with raping a woman in 2011, police said. What you got on that one, another of these cold cases?
1: Well, this this man's name, Mr. Willie Pearl Mack, age 57, allegedly raped a woman on August 8, 2011 near the intersection of South Sea person streets downtown near the b street neighborhood um apparently the woman said she did not know mr mack and was walking when he grabbed her from behind um pushed her behind a a business down there and raped her according to a a police department fable police news release um the charges were filed by the department's Cold Case Sexual Assault Unit after a sexual assault kit um, was tested uh, at an FBI laboratory as part of a partnership between um, the Fayetteville Police Department and the Institute of Justice along with the FBI. Um, Mack has been in Cumberland County Detention Center since he was charged in November 2016 in the other incident. Um, but he is charged in this particular case, the 2011 case, he's charged with two counts of robbery with a dangerous weapon and first-degree sex offense, first-degree forcible rape, kidnapping, and possession of a firearm by a felon.
0: You know, Nancy, maybe it's because I've become more aware of it since we've started this Crime Time series, this being Episode 7, and, and you're doing the series about unsolved mysteries in the Cape Fear region. But uh, is more of an effort being made by law enforcement to solve some of these cold cases?
1: I think that yes, there is an effort. Um, I know the Fayetteville Police Department has a cold case um, sexual assault unit, but I think part of it is that there is there is it's an effort to bring justice to to the victims in these cases. But technology is also making it much easier. Um, they can test they can test more stuff better now than they used to be able to and
0: and, and they can find either people who they think did it or prove that someone didn't do it I mean, it's not always
1: and they didn't always have DNA testing right
0: well that's good and and you know if, if someone did a crime then they should be held responsible and vice versa as well you know a story you worked on this week a jail beating is likely to spur litigation the family of a man severely beaten and the cumberland county detention center by another inmate says they will pursue legal action gary and leslie Silvas, who are the parents of 22 year old dylan michael Silvas, talked with you nancy give us some background on the incident and what the silvases are considering and the sheriff's office response
1: this was a perfect storm of circumstances um Mr. Messick apparently had a relationship uh, some years back with Mr. Silvas' cousin. Um,
0: that's Peter Michael Messick. That's
1: correct, Peter Michael Messick. And um, he had a relationship with Mr. Silvas' cousin. When that ended, a year after that ended, Mr. Messick is allegedly kidnapped, the cousin's sister and held her in a motel in Spring Lake um, and is alleged to have raped, raped her, sexually assaulted her. Um, he was arrested. Mr. Messick was arrested and charged in that incident. And he, he was being held in Virginia for some reason, but they brought him back here, and he happened to be in a pod um, on the same pod down in the detention center that Mr. Silvas was brought into when he was arrested um, the night before the or the day before this happened. Um, nobody knew that the two, I don't think Mr., according to what Mr. Silvas's parents told me, he didn't even know who this guy was, really. He wouldn't have known him. I mean, he right. knew who it was, but... Um, it's still unknown how Mr. Messick knew that Mr. Silvis was there, but at some point they opened the pod doors to let all these inmates out at the same time, and Mr. Messick allegedly went into Mr. Silvis's cell and beat the crap out of him. Um, I mean, he really did. Yeah, he, he really did. And um, Allegedly. He, yeah, it shattered his... Well, there's no alleged that something happened to this guy because right. I saw pictures, and his his... Jaws were shattered across his, it, 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 the teeth, his teeth were kind of floating. Um, it, it really, um, it really was a severe beating. Um, and his parents, Mr. Silvis's parents, Gary and Leslie Silvis, and his grandfather, Thomas Silvis, um, they are considering pursuing legal action against the detention center, Um, because, because for one thing, they, they allege that their son was just taken to the hospital by, um, somebody in a patrol car and just left. Um, they were not happy with that. They were not happy that, that the, that Mr. Messick was able to get access to this cell. Um, it's. It's just—it's a sad story all the way around. Um, but yes, Mr. Messick was serving a sentence in connection with the um, alleged rape of the of Mr. Silvis's cousin. Uh, he was charged and sentenced um, on charges of second degree rape, first degree kidnapping of a minor, and taking indecent liberties with the child. And and it's just. It's just weird.
0: As far as from the sheriff's office uh, uh, standpoint, do they have any comment about what Mm. may become of this, uh, if it is a lawsuit? No, they
1: they declined to comment citing um, potential legal action.
0: All right, a couple more stories we want to touch on before we wrap it up here. A Fayetteville man is out of jail after posting a $40,000 bail on two armed robbery charges in 2017. He was arrested Thursday on robbery-related offenses and is being held without bail this time.
1: That is correct. Um, This young man, um, according to the arrest documents, this young man, having had the two prior charges against him, and being having bonded out on a total of forty thousand dollars um on a total of forty thousand dollar bail. Apparently there is a statute, a uh, North Carolina statute that allows a magistrate to um, deny a bail in this particular situation if if the defendant is meeting certain criteria amongst them being um Um, involved in a violent crime or being out of um, awaiting trial for a violent offense which I believe is what prompted them to do that this time was um, public safety and he is out and uh, again um, I had a call from his mother today and she says that he did not do it but as I told her we'll We'll, we'll, let, let the courts we'll let the courts decide that figure
0: that out and and the man's name 19 year old daquan shamar billinger is uh, the man the uh, this story is about and we'll see how that plays out in court as well you know warrants have been issued for a murder suspect nancy a warrant for first degree murder has been issued for a favorable man accused of shooting into a building and fatally wounding a woman earlier this month Get a, give us the inside scoop on that one
1: that occurred, this this shooting occurred um, over, um, oh, it was on Stevens Street, which is off Campbell Avenue and in the old Wilmington Road area. Right, okay. um, apparently, um, Quinsetta Daniels, age 26, who lived in Hope Mills, and another woman identified as Gwendolyn Womack um, of Waterless Street. Um, we're inside a storage building behind this residence on the 500 block of Stephen Street. Ward.
0: Corey Jamaica Ward.
1: Corey Jamaica Ward, age 38, apparently shot at the women, and um, he injured uh, Miss Womack. And unfortunately, Miss Daniels was fatally um, injured. And so they're looking for this man. Um, and if anybody sees Mr. Corey Jamaica Ward, please note that police um, say he is armed and dangerous. Do not approach him. If you see him, call 911, or please call Detective D. Franklin at 723-4650, or Crime Stoppers at 483. 483- tips that's eight four seven seven they have any
0: idea what what what, uh, what this was all about or no
1: no all
0: right that sounds like a wrap how about it
1: we're out of here
0: all right that's it for edition seven of crime time for friday March the 16th, feel free to spread the word about this weekly podcast on FayObserver.com. Also, join Jacqueline Shambaugh and me for the 910 Preps podcast. It's posted Monday nights. We'll talk about, strangely enough, high school sports in Cumberland County and the Cape Fear region, hence the name Preps podcast. We welcome your comments and suggestions for crime time. You can reach Nancy McCleary by email at nmcleary at FayObserver.com or on Twitter at F-O underscore McCleary. You can reach me, Sonny Jones, by email at sjones at fayobserver.com or on Twitter at FO Sonny Jones. Again, thanks so much for listening. The response to this show has truly been amazing. Nancy, again, thank you for your time. Hope you'll tune in next time for the next edition of Crime Time.